Welcome to In Transition, a program dedicated to the practice of content marketing in the public sector. Here's your host, David Pembroke. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name's David Pembroke, and welcome once again to In Transition, the podcast that examines the practice of content marketing in government. Today, we're going to try something a little bit different, but before I give you the detail just exactly how that's going to work, I do, as always, want to start with the definition of content marketing as it relates to government and the public sector. Content marketing is a strategic, measurable, and accountable business process that relies on the creation, curation, and distribution of useful, relevant, and consistent content. The purpose is to engage and inform a specific audience in order to achieve a desired citizen or stakeholder action or behavior. So that's the definition of content marketing, and I do think it's important that we still talk about it because as the weeks passed, we are continuing to see criticism of content marketing, but often it comes from people who I believe just don't quite understand exactly what this process is. So what we're going to do this week is there is no guest. There is nobody to speak to apart from me. And what we're going to do is have a look at a couple of things. First of all, we recently undertook a survey of our audience of our blog, and there were a number of questions that came back. So what I'm going to try to do today is answer probably the top five or six questions that we received, and I haven't actually looked at them in any great detail, so I'm seeing them for the first time. And one of the things that also came out of the survey was about case studies and the importance of case studies. And what I will do is go through a couple of my more favorite case studies that can probably give you some insights into the way we go about our work, but also to look at some of the challenges that you have along the way in terms of introducing uh, this practice of content marketing into government and the public sector. Because I think as the days pass, I am getting more and more convinced that this is indeed the future of communication as it relates to the public sector. And we have been doing some presentations here in Canberra, Australia recently to uh, the Federal Department of the Environment, uh, the Federal Department of Industry. And you can see that this notion of content marketing is really taking hold. And I think one of the biggest challenges around content marketing is going to be the change in skills and the, 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 the need to acquire new skills and to be thinking much more like a publisher as opposed to the old way that we used to think, which was very much about distributing our messages through advertising, uh, through publishing and through public relations. So taking that ability to get into the publishing business, which is indeed the gift of technology, which we now all have to tell our story in order that we can engage with citizens and stakeholders so as that they are understanding what we're trying to do, that we can explain what it is that we're trying to do on behalf of our government and public sector clients. So ultimately, we can achieve the behaviour that we're looking for, which is ultimately what content marketing is all about. Um, So to the survey, which was great, and we got some really good insights from people. So thanks very much if you are 
someone who did respond. Uh, it's always important that you get as many responses of, as possible. And we did get a, a pretty high level of response, which has given us some really good insights into our blog readers. And one of the things that they are looking for is really intermediate and expert advice, You know, not so much the beginner stuff um, that we've been getting into in our blog over the last year or so. So that's a, a challenge now to us. Uh, as an organisation to lift the uh, the quality and the standard and the insight so that we are creating more value for our audience. So to the audience survey, uh, question number one, how do you make the business of telling our stories a priority? Well, I, th- I think that you the way that you make telling our stories a priority is to understand what are the priorities of the organization in which you are working. So to really look at the business plan, um, to speak to your senior executives and to understand where are their biggest problems, where are their biggest pain points. And then once you understand what those problems are, then shaping your pitches um, around content marketing and the telling of stories in a way that will help them to understand that indeed this could be part of the solution. Now, it's not going to be the total solution. Obviously, the policies have to be in place. The services have to be well delivered. But explaining to them just exactly how you could use content marketing as a way of achieving those objectives. So understand what the problems are understand the things that are really keeping them up at night, and then understanding how it is that content marketing could work to help achieve um, that or solve that particular problem or achieve that particular objective. I would be communicating then through audience uh, and the needs of the audience. So that when you're looking at those problems, trying to start those conversations with the senior executives about, well, who is it that we're trying to talk to? What are their attitudes? Where are they located? What are their issues? You know, try to get a a broader sense of not just what it is that you want to say, but what is it that the audience wants to hear? And so to engage your leadership around that so that they're thinking very clearly about the fact that they need to engage with the audience around their particular issues. You may have your particular challenge and opportunity or objective that you're trying to achieve, but who is it that you really need to move in a particular direction Um, that is going to help you to solve that problem. So really taking that design thinking approach of putting the citizen at the heart of what it is that you're trying to do and really speak to your um, higher ups about that. Then there's obviously understanding once you've got that objective in place, once you understand who the audience is, where they're located, what time they like to get their information, in what form, on what device, then just exactly what is the story you're going to be telling and then what's the best way to tell that story? Is it video? Is it audio? Is it stills? Is it text? Is it graphics? And then looking at the various offline and online channels and putting yourself on the hook for measurement and evaluation. I think that really starts to get the attention of the senior executives. If you can define your challenge around the behavior that you're seeking to achieve and put together, you know, I'm I'm now much bigger believer in trying to keep the metrics as small as you possibly can to understand how it is that you're going to measure those behaviors and then pitch it to them in the simplest possible form. There is no doubt 
that people are so time poor. They are so busy. It doesn't matter which part of the government that you work in or what public sector organisation that you work in, your leadership is going to be busy. So you need to get straight to the point. You need to be clearly into their minds to understand exactly what it is those problems are and then to lay something out quite clearly, quite specifically, but accountably. How is it that you're going to measure the impact of the activity? Because if you can start to to speak in those, those terms to the senior executive, I think you will start to get their attention. And certainly that's the way that we are getting people's attention when we talk about that accountability. Okay, so question two. How do you streamline content marketing in an environment of competing priorities and limited resources? Well, I think, look, content marketing is not necessarily the most expensive thing on earth. I think it can often be done with limited amounts of resources as long as you're consistent and as long as you're prepared to be there for the long haul. And it's often, and particularly when you're speaking to you know, the more senior levels of, of government. I had this conversation with someone the other day that often those senior levels of government are populated by lawyers and accountants and economists and financial people, and they don't really tend to understand what it is that, that we do. And so they've often got in their minds, oh, this is going to be really expensive. But in fact, uh, when you compare it to, say, an advertising campaign, um, it's a fraction of the cost. And, I, and again, the other day in this conversation, I mentioned you know, a figure and the look on the face of the person was, well, that's not very much. And it's certainly not very much when you compare it to you know, major capital television, television buys or radio buys or you know, magazine buys. You know, content marketing can be very, very effective. And so, so I think you need to get it across to people that just exactly what is content marketing, so to define what it is, and the value that's going to deliver, but then to start to look at where we talk about limited resources to understand, well, what is their view of limited resources and what is your view of limited resources and try to find where that point is. And I think one of the other things about resources for content marketing is that it's not just the communications team who has a responsibility for content marketing. There are other areas in your organisation where you are going to be able to get um, resources that you can use in your content marketing. Policy people, there is massive amounts of uh, information, high quality information that is locked up in policy areas that we need to get out as part of our content marketing. In our web teams, there are people who can do the data, who can do, do the analysis, who can really bring that part to the table as well. In uh, If you've got some uh, behavioral economics unit, maybe they can help you with some of the development of the personas that you need to do. If you have business areas, well, bring them in to help you with the strategic side of things to understand just precisely what are the problems that you need to solve. So don't think that it just has to come out of the communications area because if you think that way, you're never going to make any progress. You've got to try to sell this up the line as an organisational-wide opportunity and try to see and find where those resources are that you can put in place that can help you to solve that problem. So get up out of your chair, get around, start talking to people 
And you will find that there will, hopefully, if people can see what it is that you're trying to do, that they will start to get in behind that content marketing program that really, particularly for government and public sector organisations, is something that we need to start to commit to and something that will never stop. Because our engagement with audiences is not so much around campaigns. Yes, from time to time, we're going to want to talk to audiences about different things, but those audiences are going to be there. Yes, they're going to go through different stages in their lives when they want to talk to us about different things. But for example, if we're in a... uh, industry department, we want to connect to business, we want, we want to build a relationship with business through our content. And yes, again, as I say, we want to talk to them about the business agenda, uh, the different elements of the business agenda as we go, but we want to keep talking to business people over time. So we want to build that engagement, we want to get those email addresses, we want to get that engagement going, and we want to keep talking to them. So lots of resources around. Try to widen your thoughts that it's not just the communications team and the limited amount of resources that we've got, because the economists and the lawyers have squeezed us out and they don't appreciate who we are. So up out of the desk, let's go walking around and let's go and understand who is it that can... um, contribute to those content marketing programs so as that we can become much more effective in that. Okay, question three. Uh, To get an elevator pitch, well, what is it? Well, it's pretty simple, really. It's about that bang, that that real, you know, eight-second pitch that's going to grab people's attention. So for many years, you know, Content Group's uh, elevator pitch was we are in the business of telling our clients stories in order that they can achieve their objectives. That was our elevator pitch. That was the end of it. We didn't say anything else after that. And again, telling stories, that often got people's attention, achieving business objectives. So really what you're trying to do with an elevator pitch is just to grab people's attention so as that they'll ask you a second question. So don't go on and on and on and on and bore people and try to give them the whole thing. Give them something that gets them interested. That's, the, that's what it's about. That really is what you're trying to do with an elevator pitch is to grab someone's attention really fast. Because again, going back to one of the other insights just from earlier that I mentioned is that people are so busy, so busy, so wrapped up in their, what, what they're doing. So if they are going to give you, you know, an, op- an opportunity that where it just opens up the door a little for you to be able to get in there, so think, what is, it that you, what is it that you do and for what purpose? And if you can really contain that, um, that's, you know, th- that's a great ele- elevator pitch. Our um, elevator pitch now um, is very much tied up with, the, with our mission, which is we are in the business of helping government and public sector organisations strengthen communities and improve the well-being of citizens through effective content marketing or Uh, sometimes replace that with communication. So again, that's what we do. And so hopefully that's of interest to the people that you're talking to. Bang, you've got their attention. They'll ask you a second question and away you go. But I often find that, you know, don't talk about yourselves when you're going out. Talk about other people. You learn so much more when you ask questions and you listen to people because that's where the insights will come and if you, you ask questions about some of the problems that you've got, often the people that you're talking to will be able to give you those answers. So listen, um, talk, you know, listen uh, a lot more than you talk and you'll learn a whole lot more. Okay, 
So question number four, one, two, three, four is what's the most efficient way to curate content? Oh man, that's a, <laughs> I don't know. I, I Look, I find that we are, um, I've sort of gone off curation a bit at the moment and I know that I shouldn't um, and it's not my responsibility here at Content Group. So I don't really pay as much attention as I should because we've got so many sort of strategic things going on at the moment. But I, th I think one of the bi my big insights really is around the world's getting narrow. I, okay, I think that th that's a key point is that we've got to think that the world is getting narrow. The broadcast era is finished and we are now coming into the narrowcast era. And I think that we can see that the broadcast era is dying, particularly, you know, in the, the mainstream media where we see, uh, you know, the, the death of the broadsheet. You know, people are now in control of the information, the education, the entertainment that they receive, when they receive it, at what time and on which device. And so they want information that is specific to their particular needs. And this is where I think we all need to get to, which is around this notion of, of getting narrow. So interestingly, just um, Content Group's experience, it was only about you know, maybe 18, maybe 15, 18 months ago that we decided that we're gonna stop trying to be content marketing for everybody. We're gonna be content marketing for government and the public sector because that's our passion, that's our interest, um, it supports our values, uh, it's obviously in the town that we come from, which is Canberra here in Australia, which is the capital city. Uh, I was a journalist for 10 years in uh, current affairs, political affairs, and it's where my interest is and it's where the interest of the people who work here. So we decided that, look, let's get out of all the other stuff and let's just focus in that area. Now, um, to be perfectly honest, we still do work in, in other areas because we're not quite at the sort of escape velocity that's got us entirely into that government public sector space. But increasingly, we're focusing on being narrow. So when it comes to the curation of content and the understanding of that audience that you're seeking to serve, I think you've got to be narrow. You've got to be really, really as narrow as you possibly can. And when you think you're being narrow, try to get even narrower. Try to get even narrower. Try to even get as narrow as you sustainably uh, can be because I think that's where your success is going to come. It's where just people who are looking for that specific content will come back time and time again because this age of personalization where people are looking for that content that meets their needs is making it much more demanding. I think if you're out there with a broad message, you're going to struggle. So if you can get as narrow as you possibly can, understand that audience as narrowly as you possibly can, and then curate content for that particular audience and really try to find the great sources of content for those people and really to be walking in their shoes, uh, to understand that audience, to survey that audience, to get some insights as to what it is that they're looking for, and then to be able to create it for them or curate it for them, I should say, and, and create it for them on a regular basis so that you turn up always adding value. You turn up in service of your audience. It's not about you. It's about them because they're in control. That's the way it works these days. Unfortunately, you might like to think that you know, you're fantastic and they're going to come and see you, but they will only be interested in you if you are solving their problems. So get narrow, curate, curate around those narrow interests, and I think you'll have a lot of success.
Okay, so uh, the final question that I've got here is, are there any new and emerging legal issues around content marketing? Well, happily, I'm not a lawyer, uh, so I'm not sure that I could offer any sort of specific legal issues around content marketing, but I don't know, like I, I, as a content marketer, you know, I'm a former journalist, former marketing guy who's interested in telling stories so that our clients um, can achieve their, uh, their objectives. So, you know, the, the, any legal issues sort of tied up in that are is to make sure that what you, the information that you put forward is, is true, you know, so you don't put stuff out there that's not true. Um, and just, you know, operate to that highest ethical level. And particularly in government and public sector, you know, we have to hold ourselves to the absolute highest standards. And if you are an agency like we are who work for government and public sector, we're getting paid with public sector money. So we're going to make sure that we do everything as ethically and as transparently as we possibly can so we don't put at risk the people who, who we're working for. So I think legal issues really, I think if you stay in those broad sort of areas of your own behaviour, act ethically and legally at all times, and then in terms of the creation and the curation and distribution of that content, making sure that you are, you know, doing things the right way, um, presenting information factually, don't twist, don't spin, don't get yourself into any gray area. Because again, content marketing is a marathon. You know, We are opening up the opportunity to create long-term sustainable relationships with people over time through the creation of the content that is of value to them. So to be patient you don't have to, if, and if, if people want to sort of push you through and say, oh, you know, just guess what, just ignore it and don't work for them. You know, again, if, if you're not going to get that level of support, if people aren't going to give you the time to get the success through your content marketing, then maybe don't start. So don't put yourself into any situations where things are going to get a bit sort of gray. Gray is a bad place to be. Make sure it's nice and clear. And create great content, and I don't think you'll get into any sort of legal issues whatsoever. Okay, so they were the top six questions that came out of that survey. And again, yeah, it was fantastic. It was a great exercise for us, and we really appreciated everyone who gave us that feedback. So um, if you were one of those people, thanks a lot for that. Uh, and if you've got anything, any other questions you might like to send in, please do so. Um, and we'll certainly be surveying uh, regularly for the you know, into the years ahead, you know, I think one of the things that you do have to commit to is getting the insights from your audience, getting that data. And then once you get the data, then understanding what the data is telling you so you can continue to create value and delight for the audience that you're looking for. So one of the things that people really do want to see more from us, and we're really going to um, put much more of an effort of it in the next, in the weeks, years and, and months ahead, is trying to find uh, the case studies uh, so as that we can talk to you about case studies so as that when we've got those case studies, you can see how we went through those particular um, challenges and the opportunities and really discuss about you know, what the scope of those case studies are, um, then to think about what the sort of solutions that were put in place, then to own up to the things that didn't work, 
Um, if you go onto our website at um, www.contentgroup.com.au, you'll see that this is our temp- template. And we talk about the things that don't work and didn't work. And I think it's important that we do that for, uh, you know, we're aspiring to the highest levels of authenticity and transparency. And it's true that, like, things aren't going to work. Um, so we're going to, you know, we put it out there, the things that didn't work, uh, the things that did work, and then the results that we achieved a- as well. And I think one thing, probably an insight that I would, be, as I sort of wind up to a couple of um, um examples here of case studies, is that uh, we've sort of invested recently pretty heavily in in a data science capability, um, research, analytics, data. And it's it's funny when you let the scientists into your organisations, particularly for, for an organisation like ours, which is heavily based in the sort of journalism humanities type, you know, we're the tummy compass people who, this is a great idea and we're going to go for it. But since we've invited the scientists in and we've let the door and in they've come, they ask all these really difficult questions, you know, and they don't like to sort of go away without a good answer. So... One of the things, one of the insights I've had recently is, particularly with content marketing, is that it's like one long science experiment. And that's the way we have to think about it. That at any given point in time, when we've gone through the steps of answering why, then understanding the objectives, understanding the audience, and then making our choices, understanding the story we want to tell, but then making the choices around video, audio, stills, text, graphics, making the choices about offline social, online, uh, whatever the channels are that you've decided to based within the sort of what you're trying to achieve and the, and the funding envelope that you've got, and then understanding the measurement and evaluation, that really all you can do is make a judgment that at that point in time, that's our best guess of what we think is going to happen. So that's all it is that you're trying to do for whatever period it is, be it a month or three months or six months, that the the publishing program, the editorial calendar that you're putting in place is just that. It's your best guess based on the information that you've got, based on the evidence, based on your experience. Don't get me wrong. Certainly experience comes into it and the tummy compass does come into it, but so too do the facts. But what you're doing is really operating a whole series of science experiments so what you'll do is come up with your calendar, run your calendar, measure and evaluate your calendar, and at that point, you'll start to think, okay, well, what changes do we need to make based on the performance? What other insights, what other inputs can we get in to understand our audience a little bit better? Then you'll make your judgments about, well, what's the next mix of uh, channels and content that you're going to make? And then you'll start again. So it doesn't stop. So that's really the, the way to think about it, I think, is that it's one long, continuous um, science experiment where you sort of make your best guesses and then off you go. So just to a couple of case studies, um, and there's some interesting ones, and they're probably at different stages of, uh, of their uh, life cycle, uh, but there's some, some pretty good ones here. Uh, the first one I'd like to talk about is a program that we've done called Alive and Well. Now... The, our client is the regulator of farm safety in New South Wales, an organisation called WorkCover. So their responsibility is for farm safety. 
Now, yes, they're the regulator, you know, the policeman in that particular area. And yes, they do have, you know, powers to be able to go on and to issue fines and to do other things. You know, they can go and see where your chemicals are and how they're being stored. And if they're not being stored correctly, well, obviously they have, um, you know, they can take some remedial action there or indeed how your safety equipment is maintained or what level of understanding of practice do you have around safety on farms. But what they decided to do about 12 months ago was to take a slightly different approach to it, which was, okay, we're the regulator. Yes, we're the policeman. Yes, we've got these powers. But how can we use content and how can we use content marketing to be able to educate people on farms so as that they can be more safe? Uh, on farms. And so it's the people who work on farms, it's the people who live on farms, and uh, the people who visit farms. So they're quite separate areas there. So we went through a content marketing planning exercise with them, which was to understand, you know, why are we doing it? So we answered that question. Then into the objectives, and obviously it's about trying to reduce the number of injuries and to reduce the number of deaths on farms. So that's the behavior that we're looking to change. And underneath that, there are some content marketing uh, metrics in terms of understanding whether or not the, the message is getting through and whether or not the content that we're creating is resonating with the audience, whether it's being viewed, whether it's being understood, how it's being reacted to. And so there are a range of metrics that we've set up underneath that. And so essentially the way we're working at the moment is we've got a a platform that we're working on, which is uh, Alive and Well, and that's a website. Uh, there's quite a bit of video on the site, although we've recently gone through a refresh, so there's a bit more blog content on there. We're running a few of uh, social channels, Facebook and Twitter. We're trying to keep those as limited as possible. We're trying to uh, drive uh, as much activity as we can back to the website so that we can get people on our home turf and get those conversations happening where we want those conversations to take place. And we have set up those metrics and we're working through that. Uh, we're doing a lot of creation of content going out into the regional areas and understanding uh, how those things are working. One of the big things at the moment actually is around um, a lot of the content we're creating is around four-wheeler bike safety. Obviously, one of the biggest um, maimers and killers on farms are uh, four-wheeler bikes, which are very effective um, in managing uh, activity around the farm. And also, they're a bit of fun to drive around on, but they can be horrendously dangerous. So uh, in New South Wales, which is the state of Australia where we're looking to you know, create this engagement with people who live, work and visit farms, we're coming into this big activity now where we're going to be doing a lot more content around four-wheeler bike safety and looking to work with third parties as well. Uh, Third-party media channels so that we can get those that uh, content moved uh, move out in and around, you know, through those media channels, but also working with third-party influencers, you know, the, the associations, you know, the Farmers Federation, the, um, the, you know, the wheat uh, growers, the, the rice growers and the different people. So trying to use those that, that um, content marketing tactic of third-party distribution of content. And that's going pretty well. So that's a work in progress at the moment. Um, and yeah, like it's, it, it's a good project and I think we're working reasonably well on that one. One of the insights that we've got so far, probably though, coming back in terms of one of the things that we need to learn, is that we were probably talking to people uh, early days very much around 
you know, farm safety, but we were talking to the people who were already being safe on farms. So one of the insights, um, again, came out of our data team was, well, why don't we talk to the people who actually are not safe on farms? Aren't they the ones that we need to talk about? So we're going to, we're looking at some ideas around, you know, what's some content that can capture their attention and then have that safety message in it. So, you know, maybe some motorbike um, uh, content that will be really good for them for when they're, you know, racing their motocross bikes and other things at the weekend. But then we can get a safety message in there at the same time. So we're looking at some of that stuff as well. So that's that's one, um, that's a really good project and we're really enjoying that as well. Just one quick one before we go. Um, we've just picked up the, uh, in here in the ACT as well, we have a, a municipal government uh, it's the Australian Capital Territory Government, and we've just picked up the climate change um, case study, oh, case study, climate change project. And what the and we're just just at the sort of finishing of the draft plan. But the reason I want to raise that as a bit of a case study is that what we were able to do was to get the communications people, the policy people, and the program people all together as we went through the content marketing planning process. So we had everyone in the room. So it wasn't just the comms people, it wasn't just the policy people, and it wasn't just the program people. We had them all together at the same time. And certainly, yet, it was challenging at times. You know, at one, at one point there, this very busy policy person jumped up, oh, we haven't got time for this, this is all, you know, indulgent wankery, you know, I don't care about this. And, you know, they stormed out of the room. Um, but that's fine, you know, like it's, it's a bit of a grind getting through these content marketing um, processes, you know, because you're asking a lot of what seem to be repetitive, pro, um, you know, and obviously the policy people are very important and they've got lots of important work to do. But what we were able to do over about a three-week period is bring just about everyone along for the ride. And now we've got our, we're close to our editorial calendar. We've got resources. We've got resources, not just from the comms team. We've got policy resources. We've got service area um uh, resources. We're we're using some of the budgets of the service area to be able to amplify our content, and so we've got everyone rowing in the one direction. We've got really good agreement around the objective uh, objectives. We've got some good agreement around that measurement. We've got some great agreement about how we're going to use all of these different people, and I can keep you up to date on that case study as it rolls out over the next little while. So there you go, a podcast of a different time. I, there we are, 33 minutes and 57 seconds. I didn't think I could talk for that long. There you go. So listen, uh, uh, yeah, as I say, that was that's episode 58 and we've done it uh, quite a different way. Uh, let us know if, if you think that's of value to you. And I, can, I think probably next time we maybe spend a little bit more time getting into a, a, a little bit more detail about some really specifics around how we solve some of those problems in the case studies and some of the challenges that you know, we come up against all the time and some of the problems that we face all the times and some of the things that we're not doing so well. Hopefully I gave you some insights into some of the things that we're struggling with as well. So listen, um, thanks a lot. Thanks for being interested again to tune into In Transition. Uh, if you do have any sort of um, insights or if there's anyone you would like us to talk to or anyone or anything, really, just send us a note. Um, send it an email to newsletter 
at contentgroup.com.au. And if you'd like to go and sign up for the newsletter, that would be great as well. So thanks again for giving us a little bit of your time this week. Hope that was of some value to you and we'll speak again next week. Bye for now. You've been listening to In Transition, the program dedicated to the practice of content marketing in the public sector. For more, visit us at contentgroup.com.au.